coming up. What an excellent day for church. Well, howdy folks, and welcome to Minute 32 of The Exorcist Minute, a show where we endeavor to examine, extrapolate, and excavate The Exorcist minute by terrifying minute. My name is Lester Ryan Clark. And I'm Keenan Diaz. And we'll be your holy guides on this journey through what some have called the scariest movie of all time. Okay, so our minute begins with church bells ringing. And it ends with the priest carrying flowers. It ends with the priest carrying flowers. And even at the top of this minute, we see the same priest carrying the same flowers. Folks, this is a straight minute of this priest carrying flowers. And I was worried that we wouldn't have much to talk about here. Um, I think but- there's always something. there, But, you know, there, there's, um, you know, I think we have to put this in context a little bit, Lester. Right? We've just had one of the biggest scares in the movie so far. True. With mm. this flame almost burning poor Ellen Burstyn's eyelashes off. Right. And so there's something to be said about this moment of uh, of respite and uh, of just peace. Ah. And it also sets us up for, for another big scare. <laughs> Wait. It's all a trick. What, Keenan? Don't tell me that. There's another big scare coming <laughs> at the end. At the end, not in this minute. Don't worry. This minute's just calm and peaceful and lovely. Well, now I'm on edge. Oh my god. <laughs> <sighs> okay, but check it out. So this is actually a pretty interesting priest here. Mm-hmm. Firstly, he's a real priest. This is Father John J. Nicola. Um, I love that. I love the cadence of that name, John J. Nicola. His name is my name too. Um, <laughs> And in addition to performing here, he was also another technical advisor for the film. So you can trust that everything he's doing in this minute from the little like half meal that he does uh, to the placing of the flowers is legit. This is authentic priest stuff here, folks. Uh, Unfiltered, undiluted, Vatican stamp of approval. There we go. Mm. Now, this priest is also the author of a book titled Diabolical Possession and Exorcism. And this book, to quote the summary, examines diabolical possession and exorcism and the reaction to the phenomena by the Catholic Church and analyzes how diabolical possession is presented in the film The Exorcist. Hey, that's this film. Well, what do you know? So, Keenan, you know I had to hunt this book down and try to get a copy for myself. Currently, the paperback sells for a hundred and fifty dollars. Mm. So I don't think I will be getting it. But this uh, this Father J. Nicola, one of the things that I read that he had done as the technical advisor for the book is um, is uh, tell Blatty as he was adapting uh, the, the book The Exorcist into the film to not uh, quite censor the devil so that he is swearing um, as as kind of pussyfooted as he is in the book. <laughs> the real demon that possessed people swear much worse than is in the book. <laughs> so, yeah, so yeah, so don't hold back with that. This demon in this little girl is going to say much worse things. So that's the priest's idea and not Blatty's idea as he adapts it. Interesting. And yeah, folks, I mean, like if you're, if you're following along with us and you are, and you are also reading the book maybe for the first time, yeah, you'll notice that like when, once we meet this demon, um, he's, he's kind of a, he's, he's a sassy character in the book. Um, he's very, he's, he's very eloquent. He's very well spoken. And yeah, he does kind of, um, um, maybe a little less crude, maybe a little bit more like, you know, um, 
like you're playing like you're like you're playing chess with him i think right and he's like ah well you've fallen right into my trap and, uh. <laughs> not not quite like uh spike lee at the knicks game going, right, going right. like you think you're bad you ain't got game you ain't got game get that shit out yeah. of my house is my house right <laughs> that's this the, is... kind of, like, the kind of uh, <laughs> demon that we have here in this movie yeah <laughs> this i movie. like I, I thought of it as like like so the book demon is like father Karras is at uh you know at this quiet you know uh dimly lit bar with the demon and they're playing chess and it's like ah well you've used that move i didn't expect you to use that move but oh look at this move that i just did Mm -hmm. and in the movie it's kind of like they're both at the bar and the bartender's like hey buddy you you know are you sure you had enough it's like fuck you (laughs) (laughs) fuck you and your cunting daughter yeah like like, this demon turns turns swear words into gerunds that weren't gerunds before Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah right we got we got adjectives we got adverbs we got gerunds we got proper nouns and we got like like improper nouns. Well, everything that he says is an improper. Quite improper. Noun. Yes. So you have Father uh, Father Nicola here to thank for that. This nice oh. guy bringing in these flowers is the one. <laughs> <laughs> this nice guy bringing in the flowers is like make sure the demon says fuck. <laughs> um, oh my goodness! Um, <laughs> so you said yeah. So he's the technical advisor. And he does his um, uh, his genuflection at the um, at the altar, right? Right. Um, mm-hmm. Can I read you what the script says here? Oh yes, please. Okay, so let's do a reading from the screenplay of Blatty. Mm. Interior, Holy Trinity Church, at rear side door, dawn. We hear a key and door from other side. The pastor of Holy Trinity sluggishly enters, sets door stop to hold door open, turns on church lights, blows nose in a handkerchief as he absently shuffles along, then genuflects at altar railing. He blesses himself, says a silent prayer, and as he looks up and starts to bless himself, he reacts with startlement and then shock as he sees before him and will wait for the next minute there about what he actually sees. But I think see? it is, oh, we won't know. You have to keep listening. Uh, but I think it's interesting here that what, um, so, you know, Blatty and Friedkin uh, and everyone else on the on the movie, um, once they go to actually execute the screenplay, gives him the business of this flowers. They, they It's a little bit, um, you know, I'm trusting that this priest uh, would advise them the kind of things that would be done that day, you know, bringing in these flowers. Um, not necessarily having to use a doorstop. The door isn't locked, right? We're shooting at, um, at the real chapel on the, on the uh, campus of Georgetown, or at least one of the chapels called Dahlgren, uh, Dahlgren uh, Chapel. Right. Yes. Um, and so this priest is, is going about what would actually happen here at this, um, at this church. And so he has his little genuflection, as uh, Blatty says, but there's more to it. He doesn't just stop right there and have one thing to do and, and, and stand in the middle of the church. He has business to do. We got church yeah. stuff to do. We got church stuff to do, right? Yeah. Um, and I'm always fascinated by this. Like, yeah, the, the day to day of, uh, of the priests. And we're going to talk about that in uh, a little bit later in this, in this minute as well. But, um, but yeah, so let's get back to, uh, and thank you. Thank you for that reading, uh, Keenan. That was really cool. Um, yeah. So let's get back to this minute proper. So at the very top, judging by the bells at the top of this minute, it is six o'clock in the morning. And this priest is coming from what I'm guessing right here is like the residence hall or an office of sorts. And and yeah, he's carrying these two huge vases, vases, flower buckets, flower buckets, <laughs> flower buckets, um, or bouquets, Ooh. Uh, <laughs> uh, one in each hand. And they are filled with this arrangement of flowers. Uh, the flowers are orange and yellow and red, very uh, autumnal colors. And yet they look almost tropical, depending on like uh, 
when this is and not just like what season, but also um, what time period within the church calendar. Um, you might get like different colors of uh, different types of flowers denoting different uh, seasons of worship. And oh. the dire- yeah, the decorations would be different as well, like the, what, the, what the priests wear at mass. Like it doesn't help us here because – our father Nicola, he's wearing like the basic like kind of default black um, that that priests wear like when they're not uh, you know uh, conducting mass. Right. Um, but uh, n- normally, like when he would be conducting mass, he would be wearing like a specific color depending on what uh, part of the liturgical uh, time period it is. Oh yeah, I, I only go to church. <laughs> I only go to church often enough that I'm like, oh well, this guy wears a purple one and this guy wears a green <laughs> one. I don't. I don't never see the same guy twice to <laughs> to notice that. And there's the little man up there who's on the T on the lowercase T. <laughs> They got a swimming pool over there. I don't know, um, but no, like so. Yeah, as we're as we're looking at the interior of this church, I was looking around trying to see if maybe I could guess like where in the church calendar it is, right? Because mm-hmm. like there would be like purple drapes or or green drapes or white drapes, right? Um, the the only thing I can see is the the altar cloth is white, uh, and that would be like like Christmas time. But I don't know. Nothing is standing out here. Like I remember during Christmas, um, uh, the priests would all be like, like I said, wearing white and the flowers would probably be like uh, poinsettias or some other like red flower. Mm -hmm. But then again, like our church in Vegas was not a hundred percent traditional, like come to find out later. Um, Keenan, did I ever tell you about Father Jerry? Oh no, you haven't. And I was, I, I didn't know if I was allowed to ask what church you were at, but now you're giving oh. the, the, well, there we go. Yeah. <laughs> father by name. So no, I gotta, I gotta tell you about father. Well, he's probably not there anymore, um, <laughs> but you can't but, say which diocese this was. Oh, can I not? <laughs> if you don't oh, want to, but I was like, Oh, but you're giving his name, but I think there's probably a lot of father Jerry's. Oh yeah. There's probably a lot of, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. I won't give the church name, but, All right, yeah. okay. but guys, it was a church in Vegas. So that's, that's the point I'm trying to make. Like, I've so, been to a church on on basically on the strip behind the um behind the uh the Luxor, you know. You oh. know that church over, I, I wish I knew the name of it, but it's a nice church and it's basically yeah. you, you go out there and you get a great view of the Luxor and the Mandalay Bay and um yeah. I've I've had a couple of friends like shoot there outside of this lot cuz it's just this fantastic view of the strip that you wouldn't expect. You think everything is built up. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and, and okay. So now, folks, I feel like I'm I've gone like like too far in the other direction. I'm not talking about like my church wasn't like one of those like drive through. Um, like, <laughs> no, it was like, a real Catholic church. It was it was a, a legit Catholic church, but like we didn't have like for example, we didn't have like the rows of pews or anything. We had it was almost like um, uh, like the priest he he did mass uh, at the altar in the center, and we were all kind of like around him. Wow, church um, in the round. Yeah, church in the round. It was, that sounds it was really cool. Great. Yeah. Um, but okay. So we had father Jerry and I got to tell you about father Jerry. Um, so we had this priest, his name was, was father Jerry. He was a big, older, like jolly teddy bear guy, but with like a really deep voice. It was like having James Earl Jones as your priest, mm-hmm. right? Like just think James Earl Jones, but like slightly older. Well, no, I guess he's, he's as old as James. Mm-hmm. Um, as old as James Earl Jones is now, that's how old father Jerry was. Um, so yeah. Uh, and, and he could be solemn when he needed, but he could also be like, like a funny grandpa. Um, and it was awesome. And I think, uh, we were reading about the flood, um, Noah's Ark and, and all that, um, or, you know, a reading from the book of uh, Genesis. Um, and he's reading to the congregation and then the reading ends and he closes the book and he turns to the congregation 
And this is when the priest like sort of gives his own interpretation. Uh, like, so we're all waiting, like what modern day lesson can we possibly learn from Noah? And in the silence, he says, now you guys know that didn't actually happen. <laughs> and I had never heard a gasp like that, except in movies, like the whole, it was like, like, <gasps> right. Uh, and he was a relatively new priest to our church. Like our regular guy was Father Bill, which I'm going to tell you about him a little later. But so I think everyone was still getting used to him. And I'm sure the older crowd was like, oh, here we go. First new math. And now this, <laughs> you know, this new age imp- interpretation of the Bible. That's right. Um, but I was in my seat like, what is this? What's going on? And essentially he used that time, you know, the time when the priest is supposed to like tell you what the sermon means for you today to caution us against taking certain parts of the Bible 100% literally, like the creation story or like the Noah story. And he said, the things we should be focusing on is what the story is trying to tell us, the message. And even that changes with the times and with societal values and such, but not to like dig our heels in about like, well, no, it really was two of every animal, or he really did just snap his fingers and there was Adam and Eve fully formed, fully evolved. And I think the message there, like, like on that day, like for the Noah thing was like, listen to your gut. And even if you like, like if you have a calling or if you feel this urge to like build something or, or make something or do this grand thing, listen to your gut. Even if everyone else thinks you're crazy and don't listen to the naysayers, just build your ark and do what you got to do. And I remember thinking like, this is, I can use this. I can apply this. Like I never cared about the Noah story before, but this is something I can, like I have arcs. Uh, like I have arcs that I'm building right. out here in LA, right? And people think I'm crazy, but like also like it felt good because our priest basically said, we don't have to feel guilty for thinking the Noah story is a bit far-fetched because it is. <laughs> I, I, guess, but, I, I guess I associate Catholicism with sort of, um, you know, modern Catholic churches of sort of avoiding a lot of the, a lot of that part of the Bible of Genesis and some of those questions and, you know, outside of say Sunday school where it's taught um, like something that's for the kids. And they, they, they seem to just go to the parts that are a little bit more recognizable. So is this unusual, uh, I mean, to even talk about the Noah story? Oh, no, no, no. Um, I think the structure went, uh, if, uh, if I remember correctly, I think, I think th- like the, the structure of a typical mass would be like we read from the Old Testament mm-hmm. and then the priest talks about it. And then we read from the New Testament and the priest talks about that. Um, so you it's know like what two I'm stories. just realizing is that, <laughs> you know, what I'm just realizing is that because I only go to mass <laughs> at, at uh, Christmas, Easter, <laughs> weddings and funerals. Right, right. <laughs> they're like, of course, there's no Old Testament stories there. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, usually, I mean, like, unless, unless I'm, I'm, I'm vastly mistaken, you know, just like, you know, from the, uh, you know, the annals of my memory, um, from what I remember is like, we pick a story from the old Testament and then we pick a story from the new Testament and we kind of like thematically link them. Mm-hmm. It's like, see, you know, everybody thought this person was crazy, but he went ahead and he listened to his gut and mm-hmm. he did it. And, you know, and, but like, I really liked that. That was the message rather than, you know, like we have to take all this literally. We have to like anything, anything that this, you know, 2000 year old book says, like we have to follow to the letter. Mm -hmm. And I I just really liked uh, uh, that. Right. Um, Yeah. Like uh, the 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 literal uh, uh, details of the story is not the point. Right. And I I really appreciate that. God or the universe or whatever put Father Jerry in my path, uh, you know, to say it's like, hey, it's okay 
to have questions and doubts again because like what thinking man doesn't right that's what um uh that's what, what Blatty father says yeah yeah that's what Blatty said um but i don't know if i'm being blasphemous here i don't want to speak for for like all catholics like this was just my experience at my church in las vegas of uh, you know of all places maybe that explains it but <laughs> but that said whether father jerry was going against like a fifth official church interpretation or not i kind of prefer his interpretation so thank you father jerry um i, I should tell you about the um the uh, clergyman who's the most influential to me then, uh, who is uh, the Reverend Dr. Wallace, who was my um, world religions teacher at the community college. Oh. And so I um, I took the, the best class that I ever took in college was uh, Intro to World Religions. Hmm. And it was taught by an Episcopalian minister. And he comes in, he talks about what an Episcopalian is <laughs> and what that is. And um, he went around and asked everybody whether they had faith or not and um, what kind of faith they had. And um, and he was, he was very nice and lovely. And then he got down to the first lecture and he said that, you know, this is the most important class that there is because the search for meaning in the universe is, you know, what else is there? <laughs> um, and he said, but there is either a God or there is not a God. And that is just logic. One, one cannot exist without the other. Right. Um, and so, so those of us who have faith are, are either wrong. And that means that the people who, who don't have faith are right or vice versa. And there was, you know, this is, what a lot of people complain about with uh, modern colleges and I'll, I'll complain to the students that I have to their faces <laughs> and someone stands up and says, you can't say that. <laughs> you can't say that there's, a, you know, and he says, well, that's just logic. And I, I told you, I'm like a, I'm a minister. You know, I, I obviously believe that, that there is a God or else I wouldn't be a minister. Um, but either there is or there isn't. And how, what do we do with that gulf in between that? You know, um, what do we do with that to people? And and a lot of people drop down after the first day. And I, and I think because of that, because of his very blunt way of putting it of, of um, yeah, it, it is it is not, um, you know, we could say we can agree to disagree, but we can't say that that the viewpoints are both right. That's that's impossible. Mm, yeah. And, and, but and, and again, like, I like this because like, we're, we're, we're basing this on human logic, right? right? Like, and oh, that's the funny you're thing. Right. You're yeah. right, you're right. Yeah, see, see where I'm going there. <laughs> yeah, see, see where I'm going. going. <laughs> like, I mean, we say, okay, like, I, let's. Uh, hey, I'm gonna, I'm gonna play devil's advocate right here <laughs> and do and and yeah, I'm gonna play. <laughs> <laughs> Play devil's advocate for God. I don't even know. I don't know what side I'm on in this thing. Um, but like, okay, so let's let's use human logic again, mm -hmm. and let's say that we have, you know, we have we have stated that God can do anything, right? So if he that's can what do God anything, is, is that that's God what God is, anything, right? right? Mm -hmm. He can do anything. So if he can do anything, can't he also exist and not exist at the same time? You right, Lester. I knew where you were going. The instant you started saying it, <laughs> <laughs> right? Can uh, that's sort of that that not not quite Buddhist, but the, sort right. of. Um, Western koan, if you will, <laughs> of a can can God make a rock so heavy he, even he couldn't lift it? And right, the answer right. is yes. I love these little um, kind of like examinations. Uh, it, my personal like uh, idea is that if we like, let's say, you know, it's like, uh, you know, we pass on from from this life, Keenan, and we go somewhere we go somewhere and um we meet we meet you know the all-powerful being and we say oh all-powerful being like uh, am i right is is this person right which one which one is the true religion and that all-powerful being is going to say none of them and all of them and we're going to be like wait no but how is that possible and the all-powerful all being the universe god whatever is going to be like like this and they're going to show us and we're suddenly going to be like, oh, like my, my tiny, stupid human brain couldn't 
comprehend that. But now... Or they could be a Sikh god and everything else is wrong. I mean, that's very possible, right? That the, <laughs> that the, Sikh, the Sikh version of God is like... I'm the newest major religion, and that mm-hmm. is because I am the correct one, and everything right. else is wrong. <laughs> and I don't know what I had to do to to tell you otherwise. <laughs> <laughs> it's like what what is what is a what does an all powerful God got to do? <laughs> right, to, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> to get some to get some belief in here. <laughs> and I hope, guys, I hope we're not making anybody uncomfortable uh, by you know by by joking about this essentially but like it is i mean i th- i think that's that's kind of like what i do to kind of like make myself feel a little bit more comfortable is to <laughs> you know is to come at this with with some humor um but yeah like you know none of us know we don't know um and we just we just kind of like have have our our faiths or our our uh, not faiths um or what, what what would the opposite be i don't know of um, not having faith of oh yeah doubt and despair <laughs> no, no see see and i think that's the no because i hope none of us have doubt and despair that's that's a horrible thing no um, no no i know what you're saying but i'm like the literal the literal different the literal opposite of faith which time with the word is it's is doubt, doubt and right? despair right which right. as um, is like in our our six themes in this in this story right mm-hmm. um what is it um uh, doubt, isolation, despair, mm-hmm. conviction, communion, hope. Right. right. Oh, faith isn't in there. Damn. Uh, <laughs> but, anyways, uh, yeah, I, 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 that was an incredibly influential class to me, and I, I love learning about other religions. You know, because I was I was raised Catholic, and then uh, never never clicked really, and um, and then I was in that period where I was like, well, you know, like a lot of atheists, like the more you read the Bible, the easier it is to see that there is no God. You know, there's like that snotty sort of. You've heard other people say that, kind yeah. Of thing, right? Um, and then I was like, oh wait, no, and that that got me out of that snotty nosed idea there, and I was like, this is really beautiful stuff. Stuff that I wish I felt, you know, and I just don't. And and then it it taught me all about, um, uh, you know, um, again, uh, learning that Islam and Judaism and um, and Christianity are brothers to each other. That was yes. mind blowing to me. And then learning how incredibly different um, uh, the Eastern religions are from the from the Western religions. And then we didn't even get to um, some of the polytheistic religions, like um, like in say Sub-Saharan Africa or in Southeast Asia, that's people still, um, or in Central Asia, that people still um, still practice today. Yes, yes, and and we're also, I mean, like we're we're even going to look into you know stuff about uh, modern day Satanism and, and oh, yeah. stuff like that, and, and Wicca and, and witchcraft and stuff like that, because because uh, the, you know Blatty and freaking well, more so Blatty because it's in the book. Like you know, they say some things about witchcraft and, and Satanism that are kind of Christian propaganda y mm-hmm. um, that we're going to have to like need to correct once we once we get to that. Um, that's the thing about you and I growing up in Vegas is that we we were I don't know about you personally, but or whether you knew it at the time, but like we are surrounded by a big Wiccan culture in in Las Vegas, and there's there's a temple nearby and there's um um you know a major temple of of wicca here and um it's just one of those things that that's around there in vegas like um knowing clowns <laughs> you just you just know people who are clowns and i, I met this woman who ha- at a film festival and i said oh what do you do she said oh wait, I- wait, 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 wait. what are we what are we drawing the the the, the tie with clowns and wiccans wait oh what? no just in las Did vegas I- this is like being in las vegas there are clowns who live in las vegas like actual clowns. oh okay it's like like there are vegas is a place where like professional performers and yeah and, yes, and yes, yes. Oh, I guess like, yeah. Live. I need to step even further back. Sorry, we're not we're not equating Wiccans to clowns. <laughs> no, we're just saying, no, no. I'm saying like you live in Las Vegas, you meet magicians, you meet, you meet Wiccans, but not those yeah. magicians. We're not talking about. Oh my god, 
<laughs> yeah, you meet people who are actual clowns and, you know, like at Cirque du Soleil, right? There's right, this yes. is a major center of clowning as, a, as an yes. art form in the entire yes. world. It's like Montreal, Paris, and Las Vegas, right? This Correct, is where right. the clowns are. Yes. Um, so and I it also this. happens to be like a, a place of, uh, uh, you know, that's um, a large Wiccan pop- population. Yes, is, I'm not saying, saying. That's saying. Yeah, yeah. Las Vegas, um, at least when I was growing up, I don't know if it's still the case, has, has more churches per capita than other major cities um and and part of that is like that that drive through vegas um chapel situation but it's not just that like vegas is um partially founded by the uh by lds settlers right uh, mormon settlers um there's it's a very religious place there's a lot of religion here um but anyway so <laughs> sorry i keep trying to tell this story so i was trying i met this woman at a film festival and I, and she had done this fantastic performance i'm like oh wow where did you know um do you do you act professionally like what and she says well i mostly do like choreographed miming and i go oh a clown and she says oh yes <laughs> I just moved to Las Vegas and I'm, I'm used to having to say it like that in other places, <laughs> but I do like choreographed miming, you know, not like comedy. So like anywhere else, I was like, I think you could say clown here in Las Vegas and say, I am a clown and we know what you mean. Yeah. That you're like a serious artist. Yeah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Sorry. So yeah, I guess I had forgotten even that I was trying to more context about what it's like to live in Las Vegas. Right. Right. Yes. Um, but also, wait, wait, what did that have to do with the, the Wiccan population? <laughs> that there's a lot of Wiccans in Las Vegas. Like, so other places, you, you I, I don't know. I and mean, there's a lot of Wiccans. There's a lot of magicians. There's a lot of clowns. There's a lot of, um, <laughs> you meet miners, you know, in Las Vegas. <laughs> I'm just trying to, I, I'm just trying, I'm trying to save both of us. And I'm trying to say. <laughs> I am not so saying you, that, magi- that magicians and Wiccans are the same. No, no, no. I'm no. saying in Las Vegas, you meet a lot of LDS people like Mormons, <laughs> you meet yes. a lot of Wiccans. There you go. <laughs> you there also you go. meet people. Also, in addition yes. to, you yes. also meet people with with um, jobs that you wouldn't meet interesting other jobs. Yes. Interesting that jobs you wouldn't, that you wouldn't yes. meet, like magicians and clowns and <laughs> right. miners and professional gamblers. Yes, yes. yes. So, so <laughs> just to, just to, just to cap it all off because I'm because I'm OCD. <laughs> and you just don't want. Okay, you don't want it to get sued or something. Right, right, right. No, no not sued. Just I just don't want to, you know, like, 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 make anybody feel like offend anybody. But like, okay, so, so, like, what we're saying is like, um, there are a lot of Wiccans, there are a lot of Catholics, there are a lot of um, Jewish people, there are a lot yes. of Buddhists, there are a lot of Protestants. It's a, it's a mixed bag of religions in the same way. But- <laughs> It yes. is a mixed bag of professions that you wouldn't normally. It's like we have we have all the professions. We're like a, a whirlpool of like we have teachers and we have doctors and we have lawyers, but we also have clowns and we have this and we have that. You know. Well, so, I'm yeah. glad, but I thought of another one. <laughs> so okay. just now that you've not that you qualified that, <laughs> but you don't realize until when you move from Vegas to other places, you realize how odd it is that like bars close in other cities you know the first time that you go to a bar and there's a last call and you're like what the hell is this because because yes. in vegas in college you go to the bar and you hang out there until the sun comes up and then you go get breakfast right like that's that's what a college just hang out at the bar is that's what that's what vegas is yeah, that's yeah. What vegas is so uh so yeah and that there's slot machines in the supermarkets you find it weird when you go other places there's slot machines markets um you don't realize until later that um most people don't no sex workers as their friends and i'm glad that you did all that other cleaning up before so i didn't equate that with any religion but you know like like you don't that that is not as common other places where people at least are as open about the fact that they are a dancer at a strip club or right that kind of thing yes and again and and to just just to kind of um (laughs) go ahead (laughs) go ahead save me the oldest the oldest profession um (laughs) 
it, it, it is it is a legitimate profession. Sex it work is, is real work. It is real work. Yes. Um, it is, you know, it is a, it is a dedication. Uh, um, it, it was in the Bible. It was it in sure the Bible. Was. It sure is. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So, so that like, it, uh, the, the, uh, I'm drowning. Um, <laughs> it is, Vegas it is, is an a unusual re- place is what I'm <clears throat> yes. trying to say. It's an yes. Vegas, place. Vegas is, who everybody come to Vegas. It's everybody wonderful. come to Vegas. Yeah, it's, it's wonderful. Yeah, it's it's great. great. And you're going to, you're going to, in one day, you're going to encounter all of these things that we mentioned. <laughs> And yes, sex work is absolutely a respectable calling. It, it is it is just like any other job. <laughs> but sorry, folks, I feel like we got super sidetracked there. But that's kind of because there's not a lot happening in this minute. The one big thing that happens in this scene doesn't happen yet. So we'll have to wait until next minute to talk about it. Right. We're being um, lulled into a false sense of security. Yes, yes. Um, so just a quick little thing here about side altars. Um, If you notice, the priest places the flowers at uh, the foot of this statue of Joseph and the baby Jesus. Um, Now, if my research is correct, this is what's known as a side altar. Um, It flanks the main altar. And yes, uh, there is one that we don't see in this minute dedicated to the Virgin Mary. Now, these side altars have some historical significance. Again, my research might be a bit spotty, so apologize, uh, apologies if I miss anything. Uh, and if I do, please write in and let us know uh, if you have any more info. But uh, from what I found out, side altars in churches have largely been repurposed as places to venerate Mary or Joseph or certain saints. But back in the day, and they still maybe uh, do this in parts of the world, it was so you could do this thing called concelebration, um, which basically means having two or more masses going on at once. Um, and what I mean is, okay, so like there's two types of concelebration. Like you can have three priests doing three different masses, or you could have three priests doing the same mass just to like a big crowd. And from what I understand, they had to do this just because so many people were going to church back then. They just had to satisfy <laughs> to satisfy the masses. <laughs> um, <clears throat> and you can see why they don't really do this anymore. I don't think like that many people are going to churches anymore that you would need like double, triple mass, maybe mega churches, but that's a whole <laughs> other thing that, you know, I'm sure we'll get into at some point. Um, well, um, you know, part of this though is, um, is, is also that modern churches now, probably after the exorcist, I'm not sure when this started to happen, but would be wired with PA systems. Right, uh, yes. So you, you so you can have one priest. Um, so I mean, like if you have a, a really large space, maybe it's not practical for one priest to be, um, to be doing one mass for everybody. Um, and then if you go to, um, say... Uh, St. Patrick's in New York. Have you ever been there? I have not. No. Um, it's beautiful. It's really beautiful. Mm. So that is, um, that is a traditionally, uh, traditionally laid out, like basically in the, in the form of a cross, right? It's not, um, as I understand it, it's not, they're not, you know, the old cathedrals weren't in the shape of a cross specifically to, to keep that cross architecture, you know, that, that cross symbolism going, but it was because you could have these different little sections and it have other things going on. So, so when you go into St. Patrick, it's not that you go into one space and it's like, Oh, I could see the entire building here. You do have these three different areas. So, you know, and that's now a different case where it's a, it's an active Catholic church, but it's also a tourist attraction. 
So they welcome you in, right? They're like, please come in and, and, you know, um, uh, and see our architecture and see our art and, and also be respectful that people are praying here. Um, and you go in and, and the major body of it is people praying quietly. And then you walk through like, Oh, shoot, there's a baptism, (laughs) like sort of around the corner because it's a huge spot. So like, Oh, goodness, you know, you know, I, you don't feel like, um, intruding upon, upon that, you know, in the, in the active times there. And then I've also been to like, um, the Crystal Cathedral in, um, Anaheim. Which I don't know what denomination that is, and that's uh, that's sort of mega church ish. It's a really beautiful space, but it's huge. But that was built with uh, PA and audiovisual aids, you know, built into it. Interesting, right? Where it is more like stadium like, gorgeous place. You should go down there since that's close to you. Okay, it's called the Crystal the Cathedral? Crystal Cathedral in Anaheim. Yeah, it's really gorgeous. So it is. Um, I don't know what denomination they are, but similar, they're like they're like, please come in. You know, as long as you're not bothering people who are worshiping. You know, just look at how great it is. I mean. Um, they designed the old cathedrals specifically to inspire faith in you, right? Like, like you would go in, you're like, oh, wow, this is awe-inspiring. And that's what you get in the old style in the, um, like the St. Patrick's Cathedral in New York is, is awe-inspiring. And then the Crystal Cathedral in, um, in Anaheim is similarly awe-inspiring, but it's very different. It's, if, you, if you go there, the entire back wall is glass. So as you're as you're watching um, the priest during mass, there are crucifixes um, hung from the ceiling ish, but it's all one big slanted, very modern glass thing. And it, it is gorgeous. Interesting. Yeah. Huh. OK. Yeah. I'll have to check that out. Oh, yeah. And and, and yeah, my uh, our, our church in, in Vegas also did have like a, a PA system. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, yeah. So Father Jerry would be in the middle there and he would be speaking and and like, yeah, no matter how big or how, you know, how many people there were like he could he could you know reach everybody. Right. That's interesting. Um, so then we still have these. I had that hadn't occurred to me before about yeah, these side areas, mm-hmm. um, but that would have been they could, you know, try to get through um, hundreds of people at once. Right. To, right. Yeah. Yeah. And so uh, also like they, they served another purpose too. Um, we're getting back to like the old, the old side, side altars um, because priests are required to do mass every day, whether people show up or not. Mm. So it could even be like a little personal mass that like a priest just has to do like on his own um, where like you don't speak, you just like do it in your head. And in that situation, you would use one of the the side altars. You wouldn't use like the main one. Um, mm. and actually we're going to see father Karras, uh, do, I think at least one private mass in this movie. I think he does a couple in the book and he does them at very significant times in like his development as a character. It's like something happens and then he goes and he does, um, one of these little masses. Um, but there you go. That's, that's the, the story of side altars. That's so cool. And then, yeah, they get to this one and whoever came up with this business, uh, with the flowers, because again, it's not in the screenplay that Blatty wrote. So whether Blatty or, um, or the technical advisor the priest or Friedkin or whoever came up with it, it's really ingenious because we have the priest with these two uh, flower buckets <laughs> going to one side and then he turns towards the camera, you know, to get the surprise of the other side. Right, you know, right. really, really great blocking as well as uh, feeling. So potentially it's like we got a more authentic feeling and it helps the blocking of the scare anyways, as opposed to what Blatty has originally. We go right to the center and then he he looks up and, and it's the the scare. Yeah. And I do want to say here, like, as you were, as you were reading the screenplay, um, I did, I remembered, it's like, hey, like, I, I guess we can mention this because it is in uh, the film. We, we did see it. When he goes into the door, we see at the, at the foreground, we see the head of uh, the statue of the Virgin Mary. Yeah, we do. Um, I'm not, I can't tell, it's slightly different from the, the profile shot of the Virgin Mary that we see at the beginning in that new footage we've added to the version you've never seen. Um, right, this is the virgin have... we've never seen. 
Keenan, do you know how long? <laughs> do you know how many minutes? 30 to 30 minutes. <laughs> I was waiting. I came up with that joke before we started this podcast. <laughs> and I was like, oh, we're going to get to this minute. And months I'm going to drop this joke. Months and months. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah so i i can't tell we can't tell because it's from a slightly different camera angle if this is the same church from the beginning so maybe we can find that in production notes but not just from these shots we can't tell if it's the same right right this vir- <sighs> this virgin the virgin we've never seen um <laughs> oh my god <clears throat> uh so yeah I I think that's it for for this minute, Keenan. Is there anything else we wanted to we wanted to add here? No, let's go on before we insult anybody else by accident. Yes, yes. And again, guys, we're sorry. We we hope we hope that like we're all taking this with a grain of salt. Um, which also I think that that phrase comes from the Bible as well. Um, but yes. So so please, you know. Um. Uh. And and actually, if if we did, um, you know, offend anybody, um, please uh, write into us, theexorcistminute at gmail dot com, and uh, and tell us what you think. I blame um, our upbringing, or at least my upbringing from Las Vegas. That's that's the whole. Yes. Thing. This was our this was our our, our Vegas. What happens in Vegas <laughs> is full of sin and vice, <laughs> and yes, <laughs> we are Sin City. Um, but now I live in the city of angels. Hmm. <laughs> Anyway, okay. Uh, Keenan, are you thinking what I'm thinking? I think I am, Lester. Until next time, folks. The, the power, power of Father, Father Jerry, Jerry compels you. <laughs> <laughs>